Well, hello, this is Gary, and you're listening to Thinking Out Loud. Today, November 11th, 2020, Veterans Day. Veterans Day. Honoring the day to honor those that uh, serve protecting the interests of the United States of America. Ideally, serving in the United States military would be a very noble pursuit. And uh, the actions engaged in by the military would only be for the most noble of purpose. You know, defending freedom or, or, or ensuring democracy. Uh, and it's the strange thing about democracy. It can't really be forced upon a people. You know. Yeah, it's an interesting time uh, to think about where our country is. You know, there's this holiday, Veterans Day, but, um, you know, there's so many other weird things going on. You know, it's, it almost feels passe or something, you know. You, see, you watch, like, it's like, old footage of what presidential campaigns and stuff look like in the old days, you know, like, you know, 10, 20 years ago. It's uh, quite a bit different now, you know. It's like a... been quite the shift over the last few years, and I, I'm hoping that we can kind of get back to just kind of feeling like America. We've always been a flawed country, but able to we've been able to overcome divide and stuff and but there's just kind of a, a, a just a more blatant kind of in your face kind of corrupt intent uh, among a lot of the people leading this country leading quote unquote you know um, that, that they're just complete subservient to this cartoonishly bad person. You know, and that was somehow rose to power and, you know, somehow amassed a massive support and almost did it, you know, almost almost got a second term. Probably got, you know, one, one of probably the second most votes in history. Thankfully, uh, it was in the same year that the person who got the most votes ever in the history of the United States of America's presidential election. Um, that's what Joe Biden had to do in order to beat back the sort of Trump-ism that has, uh, you know, that took over America. Um, slowly, methodically, over the course of several decades, and then kind of it ramped up real quickly and kind of took over. Uh, really fast um you know it became this weird strange movement um but it was like a long slow build to that you know um donald trump was like i said cartoonishly bad you know um it, he's like a caricature of 
like the business villain guy, you know. How did he become famous? Him and his father refused to sell their condos, lease, rent their condos to minorities. And those, those people sued Donald Trump and his father and eventually settled out of court. Made the papers, though. Before that, uh, Donald Trump was just the son of Fred Trump, you know. But then he became kind of Donald Trump, the guy, you know, wealthy, overprivileged asshole, you know, who had uh, was earning hundreds of thousands of dollars a year as a as a toddler, with the money his father was putting in his trust fund. Was a millionaire by the time he was eight or nine years old. Went to the most prestigious, you know, elite uh, private military academy, you know. And uh, getting into a fine college because of who his father was, not because he was smart or anything. And then, you know, becoming the heir to the throne. Uh, because he was willing to embrace his father's cruelty uh, and his sort of winner-take-all sort of mindset. Win at all costs. Uh, be ruthless, you know. Don't turn the other cheek. Hit back harder, you know. Get even. Don't don't just get even, uh, you know, hit them when they're down type thing, you know. That was kind of what Fred Trump, Donald Trump's father, kind of preached to Donald. And he, he uh, embraced it. Um, Mary Trump, uh, Donald Trump's niece, wrote a book. I'm hoping to read it soon, even though this Trump thing is soon to be behind us. Uh, Trump, it, just the character of Trump is just this sort of fascinating fable, but it's real life, uh, but her theory was kind of that her father, Fred Trump Jr., um, who was a much more compassionate person, empathetic, humane, you know, much more in tune with, you know, being human, um, was kind of um, well, you know, uh, broken down emotionally by uh, Fred Trump Sr., um, for not being a vindictive person. He, you know, Fred Trump was more of a, you know, creative, empathetic person who had different ambitions beyond just purely earning money, uh, which was just frowned upon in that particular family. And uh, Donald Trump was the younger one. Uh, I think he's the second youngest of five or something, I think. I, I don't remember. But anyway, uh, he was a good deal younger than Fred Trump Jr. And um, probably learned some things, you know, could see, you know, that dynamic and understood that if he wanted to reap his father's praises, he had to embrace his father's ethos. And uh, he did. And he never, never really strayed. Um, this is a documentary about Donald Trump uh, on Netflix that came out, whatever, time is weird in this era, a couple years ago or whatever. Uh, in it, there's an interview, and I think I talked about this in a previous podcast, but in there's an interview that Donald Trump does in, like in the late 70s, just as he was starting to kind of ascend even quicker in the New York real estate scene and whatever, and just kind of the gossip columns as well. But in it, I forget what the question the reporter asked him, but he gave some smug 
arrogant answer. Kind of the type of answer that became kind of a shtick moving forward. It kind of was a standard Donald Trump answer moving forward. But in that video that's from the late 70s, when he gives that sort of arrogant, uh, dickish answer to a just a straightforward question, he kind of slightly winces, just ever so slightly. It's in the late 1970s. It's a documentary on Netflix. I think it's called, like, Making of Trump or something like that. And it's, it's this kind of review. Not not much of it in that documentary was new to me. I kind of knew that all that stuff, but you know a lot of people didn't. Unfortunate. But that one specific scene, though, uh, in that documentary, it kind of you, you see the last, probably the last little wisps of any sort of you know regret, empathy, sort of remorse, guilt, in anything like that, resembling that, about, you know. And there's been little flutters after that where he did something really dumb, vindictive, kind of cruel, or mean, and he kind of winces, or like he'll say something really kind of barbaric, and he, you know, he can't hide you know, the last little glimmers um, inside of him that are kind of shouting at him that, you know, that's, that's wrong, you know, but I think he drowned out that voice a long time ago, you know, and he's a very old man now. Um, and he, he embraced a certain path a long, long time ago of when at all costs, um, acquire money any way you can lie, cheat, steal. If you gotta hurt other people, whatever, you know, and he didn't really seem to care about much else, you know, um, that, I think that's what the, one of the things that a lot of my, like, conservative friends get a little confused by when I sort of, um, kind of gave them shit about supporting Donald Trump. It's very much about him specifically, the individual human being, Donald John Trump. Um, that specific individual. I, I don't really care what letter is next to his name. He's had all sorts of letters next to his name. He was a Democrat at one point. He was a Reformed Party candidate at one point, And then he switched allegiance to the Republican Party. He's been pro-choice most of his life. However, in order to get the Republican Party nomination, he had to declare himself as pro-life. Does he give two shits about abortion? Probably not. Has he probably had you know, like experiences where he paid for that or something very discreetly or whatever. I know that's a wild accusation to throw at someone, but given how he's lived throughout his life, uh, is that a possibility? Um, sure. Y yeah. Um, You know, uh, he's had unprotected sex with porn stars and stuff, and then he paid money with the campaign donations he received to have her be quiet about it. Um, yeah, as well as a Playboy centerfold as well. He was married at the time, and whatever, you know, I guess, you know, people have their whatever. I'm no angel, uh, but I'm not, I don't really want to get and all that kind of stuff, but it, <clears throat> um, 
you know, it's, uh, so it really, it, it was more about, you know, him specifically. He, he was really one of those first people who was like, you know, in the limelight in the present day when I was a kid, was on TV and, you know, he was just this preposterous, weird person. You know, he was in the news. It would be on Lifestyles with Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous with Robin Leach, you know. And uh, he was just, it was like, what, what did he do? He, his job was basically just to be Donald Trump, to find a way to get on TV, find some way to have a reporter stick a microphone in his face and put and have the camera on, and he would, you know, just say stupid shit. He would just be on TV, he would dumb, do dumb shit, and then he would have his name on a building, and we were supposed to give a fuck. You know, I realize now why he was in the news all that all those years and why we were like sort of almost forced to hear about him uh, he was going to be president one day you know now it sort of all makes sense yeah our country rewarded him <laughs> for a life of just complete fuck you type you know just <laughs> amazing you know who are we what 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 are we really we're going to reward that guy you know people just that you know nothing matters you know but i'll never forget that um you know i was at uh i was actually at a trump rally once i think i've, I've told this story many times but on the podcast but uh, i used to be a banquet server and uh, i had a gig working the uh, spoken convention center in the big auditorium there was a bodybuilding competition so it was a bunch of fucking half-naked people walking around with bronzer and flashing and, or, you know, flexing in front of mirrors and stuff. And, yeah, and I remember they were saying shit to each other, too, like, oh, I, can't I definitely heard a few bros, little buff, bro, gonna rip it, some, I don't know, it was weird. But it, that was the big, the big auditorium at the Spokane Convention Center. There's two auditoriums: a real big one that's kind of the main auditorium, and then a much smaller one that only seats about two, that only has room for two thousand. It's the smaller of the uh, two arenas at the Spokane Convention Center. But uh, you know, met with the group, uh, you know, the crew to go over the procedure and stuff because we had to be checked in by Secret Service and all that shit because it was a you know, presidential campaign, you know, so uh, once you're a main party nominee, then you get to have secret service around you all the time. Uh, so after we kind of winded through all the uh, bronzed up, greased up, half naked bodybuilder people flexing in front of mirrors, uh, you know, getting ready to perform in the, on the big main stage there, we kind of went through the various corridors and then... Uh, Went to the main entrance of the uh, smaller auditorium where Trump was going to be. And there was already several hundred enthusiastic Trump fans with various, you know, red hats and Trump that bitch and all kinds of... <laughs> that was the first time I realized that it was real, you know. Like, holy shit, these people actually exist. 
These are real life fucking people that really think that Trump should be president. Like, holy fuck. It was just, what, like, what the fuck is this? This is off. This doesn't, you know. But there was a, you know, there, there was a kind of a anti-Trump protester. He had some kind of sign on and he was kind of, I think he was shouting something. I don't remember what, but amazing. But I remember this dude, one of the MAGA folk, he's just kind of fucking around on his phone. And then uh, he kind of looks up. At the at the protester, the anti-Trump guy, and he's like, "We don't care, we don't care, dude." And then he went back to his phone. And it was just like, "Ah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it is. You vote Trump because you don't fucking care. You don't give a fuck. You know, nothing matters to you. Yeah, that's what it is. It's got to be what it is, right?" Because, uh, wow. Um, goodness gracious, you know. Um, like, I don't, I don't... What are you supposed to tell your kids if you vote for that? Like, what parts of him are you excusing or are you finding a way to say is okay? What are his positive attributes as far as honesty, integrity, truthfulness? Empathy for others, love, you know, where, when, you know, <laughs> it's just, uh, mm. and now, you know, of course, and it's, it's just so, you know, now we're in this sort of Trump cliche thing of like, oh yeah, he lost the election, lost it badly, and as predicted, he's going to try to fight it with through legal means, even though none of the ones states where it was battleground was it really that close really you know the closest margin of victory was 15,000 but one of the battlegrounds was over 100,000 that he lost by he lost the popular vote by over 4 million you know that should like there's, there's got to be, there should be like some kind of thing where like if you win the popular vote by x then it tr then it trumps the electoral college we got to come up with a different word for that. It used to be a phrase to mean that like it, it's the best. It beats everything. It, it kind of has the opposite meaning now. Kind of like the word great. I'm not really sure what the word great means anymore. Maybe to grate some cheese. That's probably when I'll use the word great. But uh, if something is going really well, I'll say this is splendid or awesome. Pretty sweet. But... Probably not great, because, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, there was a bunch of people that really embraced that whole, we're going to make America great again, and yeah, I, I've never seen so many Nazis and shit on TV, and they, they even marched in a town with a big, big to-do, with big force, you know, like, you know, I don't, there weren't guns and stuff, but they had batons and stuff. It was sort of, uh, you know, just like a good menacing presence, you know. That, oh, that, you know, I don't. That doesn't. That doesn't seem appealing. Yes, that is something that used to have be more prevalent in the past. Make America great again. Kind of revert back to the old days. Um, 
But uh, no, that that type of shit that happened more often in the old days uh, sucked. We shouldn't do that anymore. Uh, it was a inhumane way to be. Um, we need to treat our fellow Americans like brothers and sisters, regardless of what the fuck they look like. You know, who gives a fuck? It's annoying that that racist shit is still going on, and it's annoying when people you know, vote for a guy that's just so, like, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't, I'm not going to be able to ever understand why the not understanding or not knowing that Donald Trump is a racist is a, is a thing. Why are there so many people that don't know that? Why? You know, he, he, he paid for an ad in the New York Times demanding that the death penalty be brought back. He was specifically referencing five teenagers accused of a crime. He was 100% positive they were guilty and should be executed as teenagers. Why was he certain they were guilty? Because of their race. Because of what they looked like. That's called racism. Did he ever apologize for it? No. Y yeah. People in his inner circle know that he's a racist. His senior advisor, Stephen Miller, is a... Yikes. He is a... He is a vicious little shit. That, that guy is just... A, a yikes, man. That, the stuff that comes out of that guy's mouth, just... I don't... I don't know why how people embrace such... You know, but... Uh, some people succumb to it, and I think when Stephen Miller's case, it was like he, I think it was like he had some mentor or something that was, you know, some one of those kind of, whatever, extreme right wing kind of racial. But uh, fuck, I don't even, I, I can't even get close to that kind of. I, I don't. It, it just. The things that's this crazy thing is like a lot of those people that have those real negative views of other people simply because of what they look like. Those people are like that all the fucking time. I, you know, I, how, do, how, do, how do you function? How do you function as a human when you have these just, you know, intense negative views of people simply because of what they look like? And they're floating through you all the time. Like, what the? Like, fuck. Yeah. I don't, because it, it's so not reality, you know, people are more than what their skin color is, I think, the things you take for granted, I was born on a Navy base and grew up on a Navy base, and military bases tend to be pretty diverse, with lots of different people from all over, with, you know, different walks of life, and different skin colors and such, and yeah, and you just, be, that just becomes normal, you know, and it wasn't until I moved back to the States after living on a Navy base in Japan for three years that I realized that, you know, there's areas that are, a lot of areas that just aren't as diverse. A lot of areas that are just, you know, very, very white. And those good portion, fortunately, a fair number of areas that I've lived are fall into that category. Anyway. Uh, But yeah.
the secondary thing with the Trump situation is, you know, because, you know, o over 40 decades, oh, no, not 40 decades, over 40 years, four decades of just, just being an arrogant prick, just an asshole, you know, in full public display. That, and that's what he was famous for, you know. What, what was Donald Trump famous for prior to becoming a game show host? He was famous for bankrupting companies, cheating on his wives, um, being racist, being sexist, and kind of stupid, and a whole for publicity. Being that way did make him quite famous, notorious, if you will, but what's the difference anymore? Our society isn't able to differ differentiate anymore. Fame is fame, you know. He achieved a certain level of fame, and but, you know, after his sixth bankruptcy, banks stopped lending him money because they realized it was all a con, you know. He, he's not really trying to, to have a profitable entity. He's just trying to have a slush fund, a personal slush fund for himself and just sort of pretend for the company to be legit. Or... You know, it's just that he is that wildly incompetent. So neither option is very good. You know, he's either deliberately being, uh, let you know, dishonest about his true intentions of a company's creating, or he's just inept at running an organization. That that that's it. Six different companies went bankrupt. Yeah, big colossal failures. Known ties to various criminal interests, including Russian and New York crime, you know, criminal interests. This is known. Books have been written about it. Do some research, research, you know. But the fame was fame. So in the early 2000s, a producer of a game show thought that Trump would be a great fit to be the host of a sort of business-themed game show. And because of the sort of goofiness of the show, no legit business people were going to do it. So that's why they went with Donald Trump, the guy that was sort of a pretend successful businessman. So he got to pretend to be an actual successful business person on the show. After his sixth bankruptcy, and he kind of disappeared for a while, his rebirth was the show. Yeah. He didn't create anything. There, there was no whatever. Once he had the show that he was hosting, then he started like promoting things of his, and then he would put his face on just about anything. You know, he would, but that's just fame. You know, that's just making money from your fame. And eventually that kind of went, ran dry too. He's been a kind of a love him or hate him guy, you know, most of his public life. Uh, I doubt there's ever been a majority of people that really love Donald Trump. I, I just, I can't see that. But there's always been, my entire life, there's always been at least some people that are really intrigued by the guy and really dig him and think he's awesome. You know, the ratings for his show did quite well uh, he was edited quite a bit for the show um, because he's he's not really a competent businessman he just pretends to be one on a game show so they had to edit him down quite a bit 
yeah. And that's, you know, the material that he was, you know, supposed to say and whatever, you know, like, <laughs> it was a scripted produced game show, which he was the host playing the part of Donald Trump, the successful businessman. He at the time, though, prior to the show, was not known as that. He was known as the opposite. And in fact, in recent years, it was discovered that he was the worst businessman in all of America. Literally, you know, the worst. Lost more money than anybody. For several years running, back in the 1980s. And again, he never had a redemption. His redemption was just a producer wanting to capitalize on a famous person's sort of loose connection to business. Well, Donald Trump's a business tycoon. You know, he wears a suit. He has, you know, he calls himself a business person. So th there you go. That That's good enough. You know, he's fame and, and business. There you go. So he'd be the perfect host for a business-themed game show. And, that, and that's what he was. You know, the opening montage and all that, that's, that's the sort of give you the impression that he's really successful. I mean, obviously, he owns all of those things outright. Obviously, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's not that he's borrowing money. It, it's not that he's leasing those or something, you know, or, or he's heavily in debt at the time or anything like that, you know. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, look at that opening montage, you know, and the music playing and all that. I mean, yeah, that's, he really is that, you know. Sure. Buy into it, man. You know, buy into the Hollywood thing, you know. Haven't you ever watched a movie before, you know? I mean, it's, it's, it's production, you know. He's, you know, he's, he's just a, he's a celebrity. He knows about where the camera needs to be and how to... You know, he, he's taken certain cues, I guess, from like Ronald Reagan, who was an actor prior to becoming governor of California. Like legit, like that joke from Back to the Future. When he, Ronald Reagan, the actor? I suppose that. No. Anyway, uh, I mean, that's, that's all Trump was, you know. Prior to becoming game show, those, those those things I mentioned earlier, he was famous for bankrupting companies, cheating on his wives, being racist, sexist, a con man, um, you know, kind of stupid, and a whole for publicity. A producer of a game show rewarded him for being so famous and made him the star of a game show. And that propelled Donald Trump to a new level of fame. How did he reach, like, legitimacy, quote-unquote? Well... Donald Trump, the well-known racist, sexist, con-man guy, going back decades. How did he stay in the limelight and get into the realm of legitimate political contender? Well, when the United States of America elected its first African-American president, a man by the name of Barack Hussein Obama, son of a, his father was from Kenya, and his Mother was a white, American, born and raised woman. You know, um, his parents split when he was young. He was mostly raised by his grandparents in Hawaii. Um, and he was born in Hawaii in 1961. Hawaii became a state in 1950, I forget. 
um, something, I think 55. Um, so needless to say, he was born in the United States and he had achieved the specific age you need to be in order to be president. 35, I believe it is. He was 40, early 40s at the time. So he, both, both boxes checked, done, you know, so he is fully eligible to run. Why would Donald Trump say that Barack Obama was not born in America? Why make up such a thing? And why do I phrase it like that? Well, because it's made up. Barack Obama was born in Hawaii in 1961. Okay. B before you, you, you go down the rabbit's hole of kind of, you know, whatever, why are you questioning it in the first place? You know? Take a step back, you know. Why question where a man is says he's born? You know, why are you doing that? That, that and that that that's really kind of the the thing. That, and especially when the the guy that's sort of trying to provoke you a little bit, Mr. Trump, you know, um, he's a well-known racist. That that's part of his story. He, he's known for that you know so he has a very particular opinion about the first african-american president he claims that his objections to barack obama being president are because he wasn't born in america what is he saying there it, and there is no you know there's no evidence or whatever that that he, he, and Donald Trump doesn't bring forth any, you know, because there, there's, it's just something that he made up. Why did he make it up? Why did he question where the first African-American president was born? Why did he do that? Hmm. For several years. Yeah. What was that about? Hmm. I wonder. <laughs> It's not like it, it's not like his obvious and clear racist intent behind what he was doing be, behind what he was saying wasn't clear and obvious. It, it's like he was sort of trying to be subtle. He didn't say specifically that he didn't want an African American to be president. He had to find a sort of backdoor entrance to saying that. So he went with you know, there's there's two boxes you got to check in order to be eligible to be president. What your race or religion is is not one of them. You know, it that doesn't matter. You know, you have to be born in the United States, and you have to have achieved a certain specific age. I think what what thirty five. That is it. So, you know, Donald Trump had no way of. You know, he wasn't going to be able to not prove his age or something. So the only thing he sort of thought he might be able to pull off is saying that Barack Obama wasn't born in America. But, again, the why. Why was he saying this? Why was he making this shit up? Saying it on the news? And, on a side note, why was the news allowing it to be said? Why were they broadcasting it live and such? Donald Trump does not believe that Barack Obama was born in America. 
I don't give a fuck what Donald Trump thinks. <laughs> if he wants to spout his stupid shit, go on Infowars or whatever the fuck. You know? You don't... It, that idiotic, blatantly racist bullshit does not need to be pronounced, doesn't need to be spewed on CBS and ABC and NBC. We don't need to elevate that guy. Why did we do that? It was so dumb. It's just annoying. And it's just frustrating when people don't understand how blatant Donald Trump has been throughout his life. And then that stupid fucking award that he got whatever the fuck years ago. And that sort of, oh no, see, here it is. He got it a certificate one time. Uh, nope, that, see, nope, he can't be a racist because he got an award once. Uh, nope, that, that doesn't, that doesn't vindicate decades of Clinton. Just clear and obvious malicious views towards people of color and people of different religions. And blatantly so. He's not that subtle about it. It's fucking... You know? I mean, he wasn't a member of the KKK. And some for some reason, we, we thought that meant that he was, like, not anything like the those kinds of people it's like no he's pretty similar yeah if you listen to all of his stuff throughout the entirety of his life and then you see what he does with power yeah it's scary he he knows just enough about like fame and adoration and stuff like that to sort of he, he's been able to walk this fine line for decades um, that somehow, uh, you know, I don't know, fools people, I guess, makes people think that he's whatever, that, that he loves all people or something and that he truly cares for others, no matter what they look like. Um, but yeah. The thing to consider though, is that the reason he became president is he was picked nominated by an actual major political party grand old party they did it they went through with it they actually picked that guy what are they saying what do they stand for you know i mean i have no idea <laughs> what does the republican party stand for what are their ethics each member of the republican party those senators with R's next to the name, Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell, what is their code of ethics? What is their moral compass? Hmm, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, that's the thing about being a public servant. You serve the public. It's all on the public record, you know? How you vote, the things you've said, you know? And then if you make public appearances, you know, it could be whatever, you know, Lindsey Graham's, you can use my words against me. If, and then he, he details the exact situation that ends up happening where, you know, it's a few weeks basically before an election and a Supreme Court justice opening happens. And, you know, Republicans just go ahead and confirm one anyway, even though they blocked one had both sides support you know both sides had agreed oh yeah this one's a great one 
They blocked it for a far longer period of time under the guise of, well, we're in a lame duck or whatever. I mean, blatantly two-faced, you know? It's like, so what type of... I, I, it's weird, the people that continue to vote Republican, it's like they think that... I, I don't know what they think their benefit is going to be. That's what I... I'm not sure what they... What is it they think they're going to get? A, a lot of them vote out of fear. They have this fear that the Democrats are going to whatever, restrict your ability to live somehow some way because of taxes you know the wealthy are gonna have to make more taxes so they they'll leave okay yeah, it's a free country you you can live you want to move away i mean if you got the money to do that you don't want to live in the united states of america then don't live in the united states of america more than welcome to live here though if you abide by the laws of the land if our laws change to where if you make a certain amount, anything over a certain amount, you got to pay a higher tax rate, well, then that's what the law of the land is. You know, if you don't want to abide by the laws, then you can move. It means you take your money with you, whatever that means. I don't really know. What does that mean? When people say that, you know, they'll think the wealthy will just leave then. And like in unison, all their money. Huh? What the fuck? You know? <laughs> Most of them, like, own companies, too. So, they'll shut down the company because they might have to pay an individual. You know, but the company's a company. So it really just means they'll be selling their ownership stake. But, you know. Okay. Yeah, if you're a shareholder of a company and you sell off, sell off all your shares, and those shares are now, you know on the market or whatever someone else can buy them you know if the price goes down they'll become affordable for the next step down on the rung so yeah you know basically if the top two tenths of a percent just left and took all their money with them then you just kind of shift down you know the, the working class would still be the working class you know the people doing all the work can still do all the work you don't have to have two-tenths of a percent just owning the entire economy. It's not like the economy can't function without these sort of, the benevolent billionaire sort of pulling strings or whatever, you know, or whatever the fuck, I don't, you know. That's um, not like the only way it could possibly be. We must have at least three or four thousand billionaires. Otherwise, there's no way our society could possibly function. You know, it has to be the where, you know, 2% of the people get most of the money. You know, like more than half. It has to all go to them. And if we change that at all, it's going to mean complete anarchy. Huh? You know, like what? Uh, I, don't, I don't understand that. But the Republicans have been able to, out of fear, scare people into, at least at a minimum, not voting Democrat. And then making them believe that because they can't vote Democrat, then they have to vote Republican, which, of course, is not true. But that's the Republicans' entire message. The Democrats are going to instill socialism. Oh, no. Ah. We'll have to 
We'll have to drive on the interstate freeway system. And if there's an emergency, we'll have to dial 911. Oh my god. And we'll have to send our children to public school? Oh no! And if we get sick, we'll have to go to the hospital. Ah! Oh god. Oh, I don't, I don't know how, what would we do if we had such a system in place? Oh, oh, it's so scary. Oh, I'm so scared. Interstate freeway system, public education, fire department, police department. Whoa, that's, that's so scary. Oh, goodness. And then of the hospitals. Whoa, what if like, she also got like food and stuff. Ah! Oh no. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know if I can handle such a thing. Where like, you know, like you you work and there's you know there's taxes taken out. Just kind of like now, but then like when you got sick, you just went to the doctor and got healed or whatever. If you wanted to go to school, you could. If you wanted to learn a trade, you could. You just go do it. You know. It, okay. Yeah. And then, you know, there's, like, basic assistance that's just guaranteed. It ain't enough to live off, so you're probably going to want to have a job. Most people. Some won't. And whatever. I don't give a fuck. You want to live a meager life? Okay. Live meager lives at times. So what? Why Why do we all have to, like, chase the fucking whatever, you know? If you want to live more simply, cool. We gotta find a way to, better way to distribute the resources, you know? We're all working our asses off and huge portions are just going up to this top tippy-tippy group. It's like, there gotta be a better way to do it, you know? Because there's stuff that, like, needs to be done that, like, doesn't get done because... Resources have been devoted to other things that are less important. You know, it'd be nice to, you know, make sure that the basics are kind of being taken care of, you know, before we kind of, whatever, like, <laughs> worry about, you know, bailing out a fucking cruise ship company. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Last four years, this been crazy. There's been so many like things that just kind of slipped through because it was just like another day, another day. You know, a, a year is 365 days, man. You know, every single fucking day of the Trump presidency, there was something new. So so much just kind of, oh geez, you know, just another day. Brian was it Brian Williams on MSNBC, 11th hour. Every show, I think you would start with day whatever, day 976 of the Trump presidency, and now, and now he's doing it like with the number of days to go. Because that's the thing. I thought I don't think the MAGA understood because they thought that you know we we're all people that were messing with them or whatever. It was, it was like a personal thing. Trump was the sort of cartoonishly bad person that everyone knew, but you know not everyone. That everyone knew was a con man. It, everyone knew. It, it was the, the worst kept secret in, you know, 
the the freaking gossip columns or whatever the you know on the uh, whatever just the, the in in the public sphere just the the, the modern goings ons you know the just the pop culture you know throughout eighties nineties and two thousands and even when he had the show. I, I totally misunderstood the show when it first came on because it was just like, is this like a shtick? Is this like, like? But it was like real, actual business people that really thought that he was. But it's but was just like, are they just trying to be on TV? Like, how did they possibly? Why would they possibly think that working for Trump is gonna help their career? Like, you know, you're gonna do a bunch of games that he has you do and. Uh, you can listen to Trump advice, you know, and the guy that sold steaks at Sharper Emmets. Really? What? Six different bankruptcies? You know. One of his casinos lost its gaming license because it was basically just turning a blind eye to money laundering. Um, you know, like, you want to be like that? He, he's just a guy on TV that wears a suit and he has his name on buildings. It's all a mirage. Did, but I never, when that show was on and the contestants would be on, I never knew for sure, like, if they knew that. And it was just like, you know, any, you know, anything just to be on TV and get their kind of name out there in some way, even if they have to look like a jackass. You know, Trump is famous. You know, maybe he does have some connections or something. I don't know. They can go work for Donald. <laughs> Aye. but we're winding down now that this crazy four years um hopefully the MAGA folk at some point snap out of it and kind of realize the and just, just just starting with the trump that they realize that you know that yeah they were conned but that they don't feel too bad about it or whatever, that they just come out of it and maybe they, they can get something different going. They don't have to jump to the Democratic Party or something. That, that's the whole misunderstanding. That's why this, the two-party premise was, was, is false. We don't have to choose one or the other. You can vote for whoever you want. In any election, any candidate can win. Polls don't mean shit. You know, we all know that by now. The reality is we all would prefer to have some confidence that our vote means something. And a lot of times that's what it is. You don't want to vote for the person that, you know, gets 1% of the vote. Some people boldly do it, hoping that, that someday there might just be enough people to maybe at least get that 1% voter to like 5-10%. And then maybe they start getting a little bit more coverage in the next election. Who knows? You know. Because there's both kinds of options for left and right. So for Democrats, there's also the Green Party. For Republicans, there's also the Libertarian Party. And if your main concerns are, you know, minimal taxations, individual liberties, small government, fiscal conservatism type stuff, well, then you should be going Libertarian in the modern era. Me as a progressive, yeah, it's certainly Green Party, but they're just, they don't... You know, and the Republican Party currently is such an anti-progressive thing that it's like the mo what's most important is making sure the Republican Party is not 
um, does not have too much power, like, you know, being the in charge of the executive branch of the government. That's no good. That's a dangerous situation for that to continue. It's bad enough when they control the Senate, because uh, then they, they can just uh, sort of allow any abusive behavior to happen, as long as that abusive behavior is a Republican, in the case of Donald Trump. Because again, why was Donald Trump not removed from office after the impeachment? Because Republicans felt that abuse of power was not a justification for removal from office. Yes, Donald Trump did abuse his power. Yes, that is a fact. He did do that. He extorted a foreign ally for personal political favors and was caught. He abused his power. Republicans felt that was not a justification for him to lose his job. Yeah, so... The Republican Party has made it clear that Donald Trump's code of ethics, code of morals, is what their code of ethics and code of morals is, at least publicly. Privately, they will admit to reporters, many of them, that they have complete disdain for Donald Trump. But supporting him gives them a political advantage because Trump has a, a big, strong base of people that really dig him. And so if you are a Republican and you speak out against Trump... You will lose those Trump voters. And so, there's even been some candidates that declare themselves as such. A Trump Republican. So that's that's another thing, you know. Uh, sometimes when fascism comes in, it will start to become more overt. It will sort of start declaring itself. It's sort of separating itself from any sort of previous attachment to a a different you know entity um it'll sort of come out come out with it you know it appears that we may be well from the results of the election the people spoke proudly and said no we do not want fascism you know there was a strong contingency that wanted it whether they knew that's what they were voting for or not that's an entirely different question they did vote for it far too many it's very unfortunate what are you gonna do you know, um, nothing but love, you know, um, reach out and kind, it's all you can do, you can get a little, it can get a little feisty sometimes when you, when, when there's people that are far more overt about why they support Trump, you know, there, there is a very fascist element of the Trump support, it's very real and tangible, you know. Is it the majority? Well, of course not. It, it, it's the fascist movement in the United States fully embraces Donald Trump. That's more what it is, you, you know, because he's the he is the kind of leader of it, the kind of fascist movement that millions of other people have sort of inadvertently or whatever have sort of joined along with, not realizing that that's indeed what they've been supporting sort of naive to the fact that or believing in this idea that fascism can't be here in the United States of America because we're the United States of America and no that it, that's that's not um, so it it inserted itself implanted various um, sort of fascist enablers, pro-fascist kind of people, it, so that the Trump government is beyond just Trump. 
various appointees that are still there and various changes made in staffing even recently at the military level and such um a denying of the you know results of elections and such are also concerning but this is the last ditch effort by the fascist element that of the united states that did indeed um infiltrate the federal government uh, they've been sort of spotted, if you will, and, you know, their tenure of the leader is coming to an end, and hopefully various appoints, appointments made by said leader will be, you know, hopefully overturned, the ones that can be, some of them can't be, uh, so that, that will be difficult, um, you know, it, it's, you know, <sighs> Yeah, it, fascism basically planted a seed in the federal government, and um, we have to we have to be diligent and 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 be wary of the learn from this 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 experience, and and um, you know, well, certainly not elect people like Trump anymore. Certainly not. You know, just start embracing more uh, righteous principles. A United States of America. United. We, the people. We. All of us. No matter what we look like. Or whatever. Or whatever various designation or classification we end up putting on ourselves and stuff. We're all just, we're people. And, uh, you know, hopefully this learning experience will help us in the future because we're still working on it. Uh, Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham are still reelected and they're hardly representing the people. Um, someday in the near future, we'll, we will have a government that represents people, the people of the United States of America, the people and, you know, of the planet too. So it, it makes sure to do things that are not, you know, causing harm for no, especially for no good reason you know there's a more empathetic government taking care of people You're giving people the best opportunity to be the best they can be why not you know um i think that would be good but anyway hopeful for the future though that these next couple of months are going to be weird so Guys, focus on staying in shape, staying busy, and all that good stuff. Drink water, drink your, eat your vitamins. Stay safe out there. The coronavirus is uh, spiking in certain areas, so stay diligent with that. Wait, keep wearing your mask. I'm going to be in for a grind, so uh, don't take your foot off the gas. You know, stay diligent. God bless. This is Gary. Thinking out loud.